Hello, 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 and welcome back to yet another episode of Electricpreneur Secrets, the electrician's podcast, where me and my esteemed co-host, Joseph Lucani, go live five days a week to help you master sales, simplify pricing, and deliver premium level electrical service. Why? I don't know. We're kind of stuck here. We're the electricpreneurs, a couple of master electricians with business addictions here and ready to serve. So welcome to our freemium daily coach call. The admission for you, sit back, sit in that hot seat, enjoy what we have to give. Just promise to take action on it. Report the wins back to us. We've got quite another episode here in this million-dollar launch series. And today's more about fail-safing that electrical biz. As we turned up the taps on the last episode, there's still going to be some voids. Would it be wrong of us to spend a little time explaining how we might fill those voids and keep things going consistently, Joe? No, not only is it not wrong, but I think it's absolutely essential because what's the point of getting a customer only to then lose that customer again? Everything we should be doing to be is keep the customers coming, keep them continuously coming. There's no point. I know that wasn't a question, but can I just say there's no point in gaining customers only to lose them and lose all influence on them and that relationship. I mean, that's everything that this loop method, service loop, that little bit extra for future serviceability. Why wouldn't we foster that relationship? Why wouldn't we keep it going? The only answer I've ever had or ever hear is we don't know how. We don't have the process in place. Just what are we doing? Because most electricians in our experience are finding that, hey, after you install a receptacle, what's the serviceability of that? Maybe you'll get in the house again in a decade. Maybe if little Timmy shoves a fork in it, then we can get back there. It's not tamper well, resistant. Yeah, I was going to say, but we make them tamper resistant. Now. So technically, <laughs> there's some electrician listening like, ah, oh, they're not doing it to code. Yeah, exactly, man. So, so like, I think we started back on this and let me just get us rolling here. We'll steamroll this episode, but like club memberships come to mind. That's one of the seven things in this loop method that are hugely important. Mm-hmm. What can we do to fill these voids, Joe? Just trying to tee you up here, brother. No worries. So there's really two avenues that are extremely impactful. One is your club membership inspections. Mm. And the second is going to be your maintenance agreements with either solar, Tesla, or generators. Okay. Now, which one do you want me to tackle first? I'm down to do both. Well, you know what? I think we haven't touched much on the maintenance, so I love what you're putting down okay. there. And because in this million-dollar launch, we agreed to be a generator provider, I mean, this actually makes sense. And maybe it's something we could have okay. addressed sooner, really. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, this is benefit of going live and being able to go top of head, right? Yeah. So let's talk about doing generator maintenance then as a generator specialist. All right. So a lot of times what we would do is in our first installation, such as when not our very first as a company, but as our first with this company or this customer, yeah, we are going to offer them one year of complimentary service. Now, some people are going to look at that and be like, well, why aren't you charging for it? It's because we consistently want to have at least one year of service. Because when you've worked with us, we serve you before, during, and after. And the aftercare is extremely important for the additional touch points. Love that. And if I can just add quickly, remember back when we did the price objection and you had paused and said, look, this is the time where you're going to insert all the value you provide. Don't Mm -hmm. miss this. If you install the generator and you're giving a year of service included, that seems important. So I just want to throw that in there, brother. Hope I didn't take you off your game. No, it's all good. So we want to continuously foster that relationship. So we're giving them that year free. Now, some people are opposed to the word free, but it is a planted move. We are intentionally doing this 
Because if you charge for every year of service at the front, the very first intro, it's possible your client could say they want to do it themselves. So the way that you originally are going to position yourself is when you do your options, it's going to be options from top to bottom, five years of service, four years of service, three years of service, two years of service, one year of service. That's how you're going to want to position your technically your bottom could be zero, but you're going to want to at least have one year of service regardless. Now, why we've done and why I'm stressing that we have to include multi-year agreements is because there are some clients who at the jump will just say, you know what, we're already doing it. We're already taking a loan. We're already financing it. You're going to have to come back and maintain it anyway. Why not offer the agreement? Roll it in. Secondly, there's a huge benefit to having those front-loaded when they purchase the installation of the generator. Every residential generator is considered a capital improvement, meaning that it's a non-tax process. Additionally, what will end up happening is most tax laws are it's a non-tax for the entire project, meaning anything that was required for the installation also isn't taxed. So if you had five years of service agreement already built into it, they're saving five years of tax on that. And do you know, is that just a state rule or is that a US-wide rule? So I know it's a rule in New York yeah. and it was a rule that we followed for over 10 years. Now, granted, whether it transfers over to other states, I can't say definitively, but I have not found a single person in any one of the companies that I've trained across the country that objected to this statement right. or said, no, that doesn't apply here. Right. So I'm not a tax lawyer, but- it is something that we've done. It is something that we've advised and that other people have agreed with as well that they're doing. Makes sense. So we want to have those agreements in place because when you have a generator, you want to maintain it every year anyway. And the customer just put $20,000 into this piece of equipment. Are they just going to let it rot until it physically bleeds out? Well, they shouldn't. They shouldn't, right? So by you implying that it has a multi-year agreement, it sets the precedence that this is an ongoing service. Compared to, oh, well, we just tuned it up once and it should be good after that. It's like, you know, we're going to continue to work on it. And on the flip side, you've shared a story many times about, you know, the the client that you gained and that lifetime value you gained from a situation where there was no service agreement. And for Mm -hmm. some reason, this keeps happening all over the world, really. There's a reason for it. Okay. Very specific reason. So the thing is, is that when people become generator dealers, there's very rarely a requirement to learn how to service them. We know how to fix them. Or sorry, we know how to install them. We know the connections. Mm-hmm. We know everything that's required. We know there's a manufacturer's warranty. But when you get that call that says, hey, my generator's not working, and it, after hours or during the holiday, there are some companies that would rather just push it aside and be like, yeah, we don't service them. That's right. not what we're set up to do. So as a result, you'll have people who install them who decline the service. Secondly, it's also because without that ongoing service training, people don't like to seem incompetent. Mm. So imagine you were called out to a system and you want to service it, but you don't have the know-how. Now your entire future relationship with this customer is on the hinges because if they think that you're incompetent there, where else are you incompetent? Good point. But it's that exact reason why we want to do the service because if we prove competency there, where else are we competent? Mm, nice. It just Inverse. grows on itself, right? Yeah. So yep. if it's true there, it's true here. So five, four, three, two, one. 
you could go zero, but I recommend at least having that bottom year agreed. All right. So can I, can I back us up just a moment? Sure. By all means. So we're talking about filling the voids and schedule. Now let's mm-hmm. say someone just takes the comp- complimentary first year of that service agreement. Mm-hmm. How does this help us put money back in our pocket and, and ah. ensure that we're not just filling time with free value everywhere? Correct. And that would be dangerous if all we did was just move it sideways and nothing came of it. Right. So there's two things that we're doing. One is an additional touch point, right? So by being able to now be present in the customer's mind, you're able to then follow up on additional unsold opportunity, such as if they didn't take the top option. Okay, well, there's still electronics protection, winterization, info hubs, all different systems you can include. Maybe they didn't take it then. But after seeing the need, maybe they lost power more than they thought they were going to. Maybe it was particularly cold. You are already guaranteed one additional opportunity to present to them. So is it a free opportunity? Yes. But at the same time, you already know this customer. They already like you. They already trust you. They already saw the product work for them. Now you you show up as a competent individual. Yeah. And you have a very valid reason for being there. No threat. No threat at all. So secondly, well, actually, secondly, there's three things. Secondly, is an additional opportunity to reinspect the system. Mm-hmm. So as a result, if you have a whole home generator, after your year of service, would it not be justifying for you to come in and say, well, I'm going to throw the power off and I'm going to monitor the generator's power output and I'm going to check throughout your home where the proper power is going to, just to ensure that after a year, nothing's changed. So now I'm looking at outlets, switches, lights, panels looking at their whole house and they're inviting me to do so Mm. so not only have we proven that we're competent not only have we showcased the value that they've already gotten by having the system installed but now to be more thorough which technically you'd want to do anyway you now have an additional opportunity to do a whole home safety inspection right and they've invited you to do it yep Yep. And would you then, and maybe you said it and I missed it, Joe, I was trying to follow along very carefully, but would you then also potentially readdress the six options that you provided in the first time and just saying, Hey, I remember you didn't want to make this choice in this inspection. We did again, find that that's still an unresolved issue. Is this a a better time for you to approach that or do you want to leave it till later? So, so we, we mentioned that earlier, but yes, it is something that we want to make sure that we have the addition of having any other options we un- did not have the move forward with. Awesome. So the concept would be, you know what? Um, I noticed recently that we had an extremely cold winter. Did you have any issues with your generator? No. Wonderful. The only reason why I was asking is because and you can put certain clauses into it. We always make sure that we hold the pricing for a year after we've done this installation. And I just wanted to make sure that this was definitely something you did not want. Because if it was something you want in the future, it would be an additional cost. So I just wanted to make sure that it was something that you did not want to move forward with. Love it. Benefit there is that we're not being pushy. We're saying there's a reason why we're offering it. I'm offering it because I want to hold the pricing for you and I want to give you the best options possible. I want to make sure it's something you didn't want because it wasn't something you brought to our attention. Is it safe to say you do not want this going forward? More than likely, you're going to have someone be like, well, I mean, uh, what's the price going to be? What is it going to be? Because now if they choose to do it in the future, they're losing. But if they do it now, they're saving. Yeah. And people love to save and hate to lose. So it's a double entendre there. 
Absolutely, man. And I, I think this is worthy of a pause. Really, I do. And I know we're about two thirds into this one already and you could go so much deeper, but there's so much power in filling the schedule gaps with reasonable conversations that lead to more exchange. Exactly. Too many people rely on those taps that we turned up, waiting for the next new lead to come in and then hope, you know, or get angry at if they receive a low price objection or something where they start to feel like, oh gosh, the conversion rate's going down, I'm not moving stuff. And they ignore the customers they've already earned trust with. I see this is a massive issue. Like pause, stop, really reset this whole podcast to listen again. I think it's that important, Joe. I just had to throw that in there. You're right. And there's also likely another reason for it. And from my personal belief, it's because we as an industry have not been taught that customers are repeat buyers. Because in the most part, what we have is we, let's say we rewire your home. Yeah. How often are you going to have me come back for that? Or we go in and we say, what's a new major system we'd put in? I install a new panel. Okay, great. How often does it truly require you to come back in mm. the typical electrician's mind? Yeah. But you would approach this to an HVAC tech and say, I just installed the furnace. They're going to laugh at you if you don't come back. It has yeah. to be maintained. Or water softening systems or water safety systems or water sanitation systems. You're going to come in. Of course, you want to make sure the anode rods are not burning out. Of course, you want to make sure that you're going to always have salt that's prepped or that the filters are maintained. So the other trades are already on it. Mm. We just need to shift our focus to catch up and say the best customers are the ones you've already sold to. They already like you, trust you, and respect you. There is no reason that you need to find a whole new relationship when you've already paid for the lead. You've already paid the time to invest in them. There is a certain amount of debt of time you've put into this job, put into yep. this customer, into this home. Why not just revisit it? Is it not worth going through? Maybe they want something that you previously offered and now is the right time for it. There's two things that come to mind. And mm -hmm. uh, one is the endurance race principle. And I keep finding places to put this, man. We've talked about it on the mm -hmm. podcast a couple of times how in sales, it's an endurance race. We're going to touch on it again in the next episode where we go back to sales sanity and continual improvement of this process. But in this endurance race, you mentioned something like a rewire. Mm -hmm. How many of us have felt that feeling of like, the nitpicking customer, the light's not mm. quite in the right spot. I want to move this now. Actually, I want three receptacles in the bathroom on the, near the vanity. All these things that they wear us down and they wear your patience down. And next thing you know, you're going back to this customer again and you're feeling it first thing in the morning. Oh, another day of serving the queen. Oh, another mm. day of, you know, nitpicking everything I do. That's a situation where we want to shine. And I don't mm -hmm. want to let that feeling overcome what our commitment is to premium service. And if we're feeling that, then it's quite honest that most people would. So wouldn't mm -hmm. that also be a place to capitalize, get control of that emotion, take a breath, have a reset and recognize that we're trying to serve someone at the highest level and come back to a person like that and keep coming back to a person like that, even where others wouldn't. You know what? There's something very specific about the queen type customer. It is. Because the one who's like, you know what? Oh, I have to serve this person now. There's a thousand change orders. You know, if you're thinking that, what are the odds a typical contractor is going to want to work with this person again? No. And additionally, 
if this person has ever had to hire someone before, is it likely they've changed their personality in the past 30, 40 years? Mm, not a great not deal. Likely. Which means that if they are doing this now, they've likely done this in the past and they'll likely do it continuously in the future. If you can establish a good relationship with that client, now you've got a client that pretty much no one else is going to want to touch. And if you serve them at the highest level and you choose to pull away, they're now losing the person who is truly going to serve them at the best level. And they will usually change their tone in order to pull you back in. Because mm. if you establish yourself as I'm your person, I will do everything in my power. I know your home intimately. I will do everything in my power to serve you before, during, and after. The only time I won't is when you actively tell me you don't want that and that this relationship no longer serves you. Awesome, as long man. as you're interested in help, I will be glad to be here to be at your service. I love that. I love this so much. This episode is one of my faves. Obviously, uh, we've got to wrap this up, though. I'm going to summarize this quick. Let's jump into some action items. I've got a, burner, a burning basic for us already. Okay, go for it. Okay. So we're talking about filling this void. Uh, if we're not two weeks out, we're taking action. We're going offensive on the schedule to re-engage in relationships using our maintenance agreements and something we didn't deep dive in on today, but we have in the past, club memberships and even following up the unsold and happy calls and warranty calls and or checkups. There's so much we could be doing and that ties perfectly into this burning basic activity. For most of our smaller contractor electricpreneur friends, what we find is, again, this passive role on developing opportunities. Mm -hmm. What if we made a rule in-house? What if we said, look, we're looking to have at least 10 incoming opportunities every day? And maybe that number is a bit high for you. Maybe it starts with five and you're still smaller earlier on in this. But let's go with 10 for now. How many phone calls did we get? If we're not getting the 10, then what if we made it a rule to then actually go on the offense for the gap, the difference, so that mm -hmm. we're always, every day, going to have 10 conversations with potential clients or repurchasing, re repeating clients, rather, mm -hmm. every single day, so five days a week. How big would your business be then? If you could ensure I'm going to have 10 conversations with potential customers every day single day. That's 50 a week, Joe. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good amount of opportunity. And I like the fact that we're going in and saying, well, it's like, well, if you don't have it, then create it. I like that a lot because it's something that not a lot of people touch on enough because it's true. And actually that ties in perfect with the all-star action. You might go into it. Yeah, man, drop it. So I heard a quote the other day and I'm not sure exactly where it comes from. Otherwise I'd be giving credit to it. But from what I remember, it was where your challenge is, there lies your next task. And what this means is, remember earlier we were talking about how some people don't want to do maintenance of generators because they're not familiar with it? Yeah. It's like, okay, your challenge is that you don't feel familiar enough or comfortable enough or skilled enough with the servicing of generators. Wouldn't that put up a red light to say, that's the thing I need to be focusing on then? 100%. If I'm going to be selling generators, if I'm going to be installing them, I want it to be a two-way door. I want new customers to come to us with new installations, and I can repeat it with ongoing maintenance agreements. And I want new customers who have existing systems to call us because someone else either can't service it, won't service it, or isn't competent. And then 
you can continuously have a back and forth, new customers, old customers, repeat maintenance, new maintenance. And especially if you get good at this, you'll find that it's often you're the only one who is. And if you're the only one who is, that's a hell of an opportunity. Then it's just a turtle race, man. Consistency. Keep going, you guys. This has been another episode of Electrepreneur Secrets, episode 256, if you can believe that. I don't know when we're going to stop this nonsense. So tomorrow, I guess we just got to show up again, do it again, man. Helping you guys master your sales, simplify your pricing and deliver premium level electrical service. I'm Clay. This is Joe. We're out. Take care. Look forward to seeing you soon.